once you have a real estate license, you can unlock other resources and trainings and educational opportunities that are out there. So if you're really interested in being up to date on the different trends in real estate, the market, different methods of growing your business, by becoming a licensed real estate agent, you can join a brokerage and through that brokerage, get to know and be updated within the field. And also you can become a member of the local realtor association. You found the Real Estate Law Podcast. Because real estate is more than just pretty pictures, and law goes well beyond the paperwork and courtroom arguments. If you're a real estate professional or looking to build real estate expertise, then welcome to the conversation and discover more at realestatelawpodcast.com. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Real Estate Law Podcast. Thank you once again for downloading this episode and listening to us. We really do appreciate all the support. We're going to have a relatively short and to the point episode this time, we think. Once I get talking, next thing you know, it's been like 45 minutes or so, but we don't think it's going to be that long for for this topic. We should welcome our co-host, Rory Gill from Next Home Title Town Real Estate and Urban Village Legal here in Boston. Hey, Jason. Good. Hey, how are you? I'm excellent. Having a great day. Looking forward to learning a little bit more about your opinions on this question that we get all the time. You probably get it more than I do. I hear it at real estate meetups, mm-hmm. hear it when friends talk to me about real estate, even though I also work in a different industry. Uh, it seems to come up. It came up today when I, when I was chatting with somebody else. The topic is about licensure. Specifically, should I get my real estate license. Now, not me. We're not talking about me getting my real estate license because I don't have my real estate license. I don't want to get my real estate license. And, and the sole reason being, I don't need to get my real estate license because you, Rory Gill, are the broker, right? Yep. So it's one reason you already you don't intend to do the work. So if we walk, walk through my answer, you might come to the same conclusion. But yeah, should I get my real estate license? One of the questions I get asked probably the most um, and in a, a variety of different places. So networking events with other investors, that question comes up a ton. Um, they might mean it a little bit differently than other people. Um, I also encounter just friends and family who are you know, casually thinking about real estate. Um, I get asked it from other attorneys all the time. Um, should I get my real estate attorneys? Because here in Massachusetts, we have a unique and maybe misguided rule that allows for attorneys to get a broker license without taking any classes or tests just to pay the fee. And they automatically get are entitled to a broker license. And we get asked it from well-meaning people who are considering a career change. So this is one of the most frequently asked questions I get, but also um, one of the questions I get asked across all different contexts. So it's a pretty interesting one. I think, you know, I remember being at Target a couple of weeks ago, we were checking out, getting some diapers and sure enough, the cashier asked us, do we want to get our real estate license? No, she didn't say that. Uh, in fact, no. we go to the self-checkout whenever we can. No, but some, the um, cashier might've asked us um, if, if she should get her real estate license. Yeah. And, you know, we've done episodes before, I think a long time ago, we did an episode on, you know, great part, being a great part-time real estate agent. And, mm-hmm. and what some of the attributes are for people that can do this on the side as their side hustle, along with a full-time job, maybe as a teacher, maybe um, you know they're in school, uh, maybe they work a position where you know they meet lots of people, they might work in nonprofit or whatever, and they want to do this on the side. And if they take it really seriously, they'd be really good at it. But 
you know, you've encountered people from all walks of life, people who have other jobs and, and get their license and are fully well intended and then nothing happens. So, you know, we could talk a little bit more about that in that, this episode as well. But, you know, let's start with the, the basic question of should I get my real estate license? If you're listening to this episode, hopefully you click the play button or downloaded it because you saw the title, which is likely going to be something like, should I get my real estate license? Um, and, you know, what are some some of the things that you've talked to with people either coming out of college or people doing a career change um, or investors when they say to you, you know, hey, I'm thinking about getting my license. So the first thing is to understand, you know, where they're coming from. Because this is a question that gets asked by a host of different people in different contexts, people come at it with a, diff- a lot of different understandings of what it means to be a real estate agent. Um, a lot of, di- they come from different backgrounds of different way different levels of education, experience, and everything. And with that comes a lot of different preconceptions about what it means to be in real estate. And I start with the positive. You know, there are a lot of different reasons to get a a real estate agent. And when it comes down to it, it's a very rewarding career path. It's you get to be out in your community. You get to see the housing stock. You get to interact with a host of different people. You get to make um, investors make good decisions. You get to help um, home buyers find the home of their dreams or just become home buyers and, and start their way up with the American dream. You get to work with um, sellers to solve real problems. It's a very, very rewarding career path. That's the number one positive as to why anybody should consider getting their real estate license. We should also say that you know you don't need a college degree to get your real estate license. Is that true? No, you do not need a uh, a college degree to get into it. Um, but a lot of people do have college degrees. A lot of people have advanced degrees. Um, a lot of people have no no degrees whatsoever. Um, it's a very meritocratic field that's open to um, open to everyone. Yeah. I mean, people that seem to have the hustle and are connectors, you know, folks that have the charisma to meet lots of different people, uh, or they understand that it is a career in sales and understand the kind of the sales process of what it's like to sell an asset to somebody else and, and the process that goes in, into that, which is not as simple as take this widget and go sell it, but there's a lot mm-hmm. of you know working leads and developing relationships and building trust uh, and that kind of thing that goes into a career in uh, in real estate. But you know some folks are really good at that and they didn't go to college. Some folks that went to college or have advanced degrees are probably not really good at that because their skill set is something very different. So, you know, getting a real estate license is an interesting career path. Uh, if you are young and listening to this and you're saying, you know, college isn't for me, or you're in a community college and don't want to take the step to the four-year school. You and I went to college. You both went to great schools. You went to grad school. I never did. We're grateful that we have the degrees that we do. At least I am. But, you know, you kind of look at it today and, and college is really expensive. And, uh, you know, this is not to dissuade people from going to college, but um, you know, if real estate is something that you think you might want to do, you don't need the degree to do it. You could jump right in after high school. So, I mean, the the career field is open to people with different levels of expertise and experience, and you can leverage that experience. College is a great source of experience and knowledge, and if you can leverage that into a successful career um, in real estate or elsewhere, then great. But it's open to other pathways um, to you know experience and. Um, careers. And you mentioned a profile of uh, you know, a real go-getter, somebody who um, is motivated to do it. And that, that's another great feature of the career field is that it's open to 
a lot of different personality types. There are a lot of different ways to to fit in and grow your business. There are a lot of different niches available in real estate. So it's open to, you know, I think it's open to extroverts and introverts. Um, it's open to the really detail oriented and open uh, to the, the, um, the big thinkers. Um, there's, there really is a way for, for you to find a home in real estate, regardless of your personality type. Mm-hmm. You, you know why I think it's open to both introverts and extroverts? You know, it, my first thought is that people that are outgoing and, you know, can you know, walk up to anybody, shake their hand and start talking to them would do the best at it. But that's not necessarily the case if they're bad at the follow-up or bad uh, or dishonest or something else, you know, that, that kind of would hurt that reputation of being an extrovert. I'm thinking about the kind of people who are your clients, you know, and, and clients who purchase real estate, they are also of all different types. And, you know, I've learned a lot in sales over the years uh, about, you know, who you're speaking with and trying to talk to them in a manner uh, in which they'll respond. Sometimes you're talking to somebody that is very um, inquisitive, uh, introspective, thoughtful, intelligent, and that personality type might completely clash with the bombastic over the top, egocentric real estate personality that often does very well, but just as well with other types of people. So the fact that the customer base is very diverse probably lends the fact that the real estate agents that succeed are also very diverse. And we train all of our agents on identifying and understanding different personality types. And it's not just so that they can diagnose it or have a party trick to, to categorize people. It's so that they understand how they can bend their own personality and communication to make a connection with somebody who may have a different personality type and just to be aware of those differences. And then also within your own business to understand what business strategies might work well for you. And every personality type is going to have um, a, a drawback to it. And how do you, how are you, how can you be cognizant of it? If you're the person who loves to make that instant connection, um, but your follow-up is weak, well, what do you have to do to leverage your strengths, but not have them be subsumed by your weaknesses? So we do teach all of our agents how, um, to how to navigate personality uh, type differences. And presupposing that is that there's a space certainly within our office for people of every different personality type. So we're talking about why one might want to get their real estate license. And we're talking first about the reasons for doing it. You know, another reason to do it, and you could elaborate about this a little bit more is the MLS system. And you could explain what that is in a second, but you know, I should mention that uh, we actually both come from families with parents that were in real estate. My father mm-hmm. was a real estate agent and then became a real estate appraiser for many, many years. My mother actually got her license as well. And she did that on the side as she was a teacher. Your mother also did it on the side, um, you know, next to her career uh, while she was in school and, and working for retail finance. And she still has an active license to this day. Um, I didn't know that. She still yep. has an active license? Yeah, she just, um, when I went to see her a few weekends ago, she was actually getting her CLE done before her birthday uh, or <laughs> continuing it done before her birthday. So it was, um, she's, she still has it um, in Massachusetts. We had two acronyms right there. We mentioned MLS and CLE. So yep. you know, first, CLE, just explain what that is. Really uh, I meant to say CE. Um, CLE is continuing CE. legal education. CE is continuing education. They're requirements that most states impose on you to renew your license. Um, right. So you may okay. have to that, att- attend a certain, some combination of about 12 hours worth of classes in order to, to be able to renew your license. Right. Um, that could be a reason against it. 
it, which we'll get to in a little yeah. bit. But uh, yeah. MLS. So MLS, I remember MLS. Like I remember my father picking up a big book every single week, probably on a Friday or something, where he'd go somewhere, you know, a 20-minute drive, and he'd come home with books, like physical mm-hmm. books, right? That That's what MLS used to be, right? He used to have cards, too. There were index cards. I think one was for each property that would come with the MLS book. Things are very, very different today with Zillow and Redfin and syndication um, you know, of listings. So explain why MLS is a benefit to having your agent license when a lot of the information is already available um, you know, online. Well, this is a, a, a practical benefit that a lot of investors have a mind toward uh, when they think about getting their license, and that's access uh, directly to the MLS. The multiple listing service um, is the platform um, on which most uh, listing offices will put the details of their listing out there and in doing so, make an offer to buyer's agents um, for commission and cooperation. And when you're talking about Zillow and all those other websites, most of the data that they're showing you is data that they're pulling directly from the MLS. So yes, this day and age, you, you're not sitting on an exclusive book that you went to pick up every Tuesday. Um, instead, you are you know, you're syndicating that out. So the the bulk of the data is available to everybody. But within every listing, there are also some notes um, that are retained um, as messages um, between different brokerages. But also having direct access to MLS means that you can set up a showing directly for yourself. There are a host of different ways that um, listing agents can make a property available for showings. But if you're an investor particularly and you want to be able to look at properties with minimal hassle, having access to MLS will allow you to go out and schedule your own showings with with no intermediary. So that's a great feature that a lot of investors have out there. It's a very practical consideration. Um, but reading ahead, that if that's your only reason for getting a real estate license, it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. I seem to remember the place that we purchased out in Provincetown had some notes in it that were not on the listing that I was able to see. But you know, once you dug into MLS, there was a whole separate section of notes that was there. So you know, I, I, I get the value. I mean, like a lot of the information is, is already available online, but there's definitely additional information available that you would need a MLS subscription to be able to access. You know, so that's just a very concrete reason why you should consider getting your your license. Um, going back to some more um, vague uh, concepts are is just the idea that a real estate career I think can work well with any past experience. Again, you can leverage a variety of different past experiences to be successful in real estate, but you can also leverage other. Uh, concurrent commitments, other jobs that you have going on at the same time. Um, we did record the podcast earlier asking whether or not um, a part-time agent can be successful. I come down on the side that they can, um, in large part because certain other careers, make they don't detract from your real estate career, they can complement it. Other careers where you're building a network of people that know, like, and trust you, um, and where, but where you're not creating some sort of ethical um, quandary are excellent um, uh, companions to a career in real estate. Right. And this is just talking about part-time agents or people that want to transition away from that career. But, you know, we mentioned education earlier. I could think about working in a restaurant, like if you are a, a host or hostess or bartender or server, you're meeting a lot of people, you know, part of what makes you successful in your job is being quick, being detailed, being courteous and polite and, and meeting a lot of people. 
And I think that that probably translates very well into a real estate career, doesn't it? Yep. Imagination's limitless here. There are a lot of different ways. Any career field where you're building goodwill with people who know, like, and trust you and consider you a professional um, can work well with real estate. Personal trainers? Another good Absolutely. Um, we may be announcing one of those very shortly, but that's... Um, okay. That's an yeah, perfect example of an of an agent who um, can leverage, you know, other commitments that some might see as taking up and competing for time, but actually can leverage mm-hmm. them to to do well in real estate. What are some other reasons why one might want to receive or or earn their real estate license? Once you have a real estate license, you can unlock other resources and trainings and educational opportunities that are out there. So if you're really interested and being up to date on the different trends in real estate, the market, different methods of growing your business, by becoming a licensed real estate agent, you can join a brokerage and through that brokerage, get to know and be updated um, within the field. And also you can become a member of the local realtor association and unlock all those other um, proprietary trainings, meetings, and events where you can really, you know, really educate yourself about the market and the industry. Yeah. You know, we're, we're still in the thick of COVID, you know, we're going on almost two full years of this. And I remember when everything started shutting down, you know, everyone was convinced that markets are going to collapse. Everyone's going to lose their jobs. Everyone's going to get evicted. You know, just lots of lots of bad, bad things are going to happen. And it's not to say lots of bad things did not happen during this period. But one thing that surprised everybody was that a lot of real estate markets held strong and continued to increase because of, uh, you know, it's supply and demand. People wanted to move around. They wanted more space and there weren't enough properties available for that. So, you know, I think there was a a big change uh, that was not expected once the shutdown started to hit. Real estate professionals are the ones that are staying on top of these trends. You know, it's more than just reading an article um, in the Boston Globe or New York Times or Wall Street Journal. Uh, it's being connected to other real estate agents and people in the business to compare notes and to say, what are you seeing? Or to analyze data together. You know, I think that it's a competitive field, but you know, I have found that lots of people are all moving in the same direction because it's not a zero sum game. Like you don't have to win for me to lose. Both of us could be successful in this business. Um, but you know, real estate agents, like, you know, kind of when you are a professional and when you get your license, you know, there is that expectation. You have your license, right? You're supposed to know what you're talking about. When you go to a cocktail party, if you're looking for your friends to become, you know, clients of yours, which is where a lot of real estate agents uh, start in, in, in finding, you know, finding clients, they have to prove they know what they're talking about. And they're not just that guy that has been a drinking buddy for, you know, five years. Yeah. So to bridge kind of the reasons for getting a real estate license into the reasons why you should reconsider um, is the idea that getting a real estate license is not particularly difficult. Um, it varies state to state, but you know, if you can take the class and pass a test, um, you are well on your way to getting your uh, real estate license. So that's a reason maybe you to get the real estate license is that it's not that difficult to get it. But once you have your real estate license, it becomes a lot more difficult to actually leverage that and become a true professional. You know, there is an expectation um, from anybody who's going to work with you that you've done more than just study what's on the, the, the test. That's kind of the, the bare minimum, and that's not going to be updated. Um, and if you look at the statistics, there are way more licensed real estate agents out there than there are listings. Um, 
that tells me that most people are sitting on the sidelines and, you know, not actually making a career out of it. The barrier to entry is awfully low. Um, and that's a, that's a pro and a con. Mm-hmm. So they're getting their license and basically not making transactions. You know, they're not buying, you know, they don't have clients that are buying things where they don't have listings where they're selling properties. Uh, because if there's more people that have licenses than listings, you know, some people are super successful at this and they'll have 10 listings. Some will have zero, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a very meritocratic field. Once you have your license, you're not entitled automatically to earning commissions. You have to really to work for it. Sky's the limit, but so is the floor. And, you know, once you have your license and start working, you are now the professional that one, that you once needed. So I see this with investor clients, uh, or investors, think they look at the couple of practical reasons. They think it might be great to have access directly into MLS. But once they've acquired the license, well, now they're the professional that they once leaned on other people for. They're the ones that are out there that are uh, meant to navigate the market, understand trends. And you've kind of cut yourself off from having that third party, you know, over overlooking your shoulder and making sure everything is all right. Once you have your license and you're working it, you are the professional and it's up to you to keep up with it. And there's a lot to go that goes behind it. Um, aside from just what's minimally required for you to keep your license to do well in the field, you have to make a commitment to learn and grow over time. Yeah. You know, you work with investors and, you know, part of me is like, well, geez, investors want to save money or they want to earn more money on top of their investment. And an easy way to save 2% or 2.5%, whatever the numbers are going to be that are offered up, is to get your license. The commission comes right back to you. But to your point, then you're eliminating the service that the agent could have provided. You don't have, you know, another set of eyes and ears uh, looking for the next deal or looking for a problem with the deal that you have. And sometimes it's 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 worth not getting that commission to have that additional uh, resource on your team. Well, take that that personality type in, in mind, the investor. If the investor's reasoning for getting the real estate license is that I'm going to save a certain percentage of every transaction, uh, and that's why I want to get my real estate license, well, that's a red flag that that is probably going to be a bad idea. You're throwing away the professional guidance in order to save money. A good response and a reason why somebody who's an investor may very well very well should get a license, um, is if they approach it saying that I want to leverage my experience in real estate investing. I love real estate investing and I want to leverage my knowledge and experience um, into a complementary skill set um, and another income stream for me. That when I hear that, it's a it this is the same type, it's the same set of experience, but that change in motivation um, it changes my advice on whether or not they should have a real estate license. Okay. So a couple cons uh, against getting your license if you're considering it. Are there any other uh, ones that you could think of off the top of your head? It's If we're going to get into like a really precise one that comes up, um, it can stand in your way of uh, being a wholesaler. Um, some people who are listening to this podcast might understand what that is, but there's a real estate strategy um, where you can go out, um, buy a property or get a property under contract for assumably less than it's worth. And before you close on it, you turn around, you sell the contract to somebody else and you end up netting the difference. It's a real estate strategy that works in different different markets, but this isn't about wholesaling, but it's a non-fiduciary role. When you approach the seller who's looking to sell, you 
are their buyer. You're putting the, the property under contract. This is in many ways incompatible with working as a real estate agent where you're fiduciary looking out for their interests. So if you approach somebody and you confused your role. You, you don't even have to come up to them and say, well, I'm a real estate agent. I'm looking out for you and then offer to buy the property for less than it's worth. That is a clear violation ethically. But if somebody knows that you're a real estate agent and in their mind, since they're not a professional within the space, think that you are looking out for them as a real estate agent, and then you turn around and buy the property and profit off of it that way, that is a good way to 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 lose your license and to face um, face charges and discipline for doing so. So right. you know it's you can wholesale and have a real estate license, but it it muddies the water. So if you're a wholesaler, um, you may want to think twice about doing so. Um, and I have some thoughts of ways that you can make it work together. But if your heart's in wholesaling, you might be better served by just not having a license at all. Okay. So we're talking about should you or should you not get your real estate license if you've listened this far? Um, it's probably because you like listening to the podcast or you're actually legit considering getting your real estate license for whatever reason. If it's a career change, if it's a career add-on, um, if it's to try something new, if you're an investor, if you are just looking to get into the business. So Rory, what are some things to consider for people that uh, are saying, you know what, it's, this could be something I want to do? You know, what should so, you consider if you're thinking about getting your real estate license? So when a new licensee comes up to me um, and wants to join our office, I, there are th several questions I ask, but kind of three important ones um, that are really meant to make them consider whether or not this is a good field for them are, you know, I start with, can you articulate what your goals are in real estate? If they don't know why they want a real estate license, they don't know why they want to be a real estate agent, it's really difficult to understand what their career would look like. So, you know, before you go out and get your real estate license, can you articulate what you want to accomplish and what you want um, what you want to do in the real estate field? You may not have a ton of specificity. The, your plans and your goals can change, but can you articulate what your plan is in real estate? Um, and if you can't, maybe sit back and reflect before you go out and get your real estate license. And I mean, does the goal need to be noble or could it be as simple as like, I want to get into real estate because I think I can make a lot of money? That's good. But what does that look like? You want to make a lot of money? Well, you know, a better answer that shows a little bit more thought behind it would be, I'm hoping to leverage my experience to, to grow in uh, a business that's my own, uh, where there's unlimited income potential that's grounded in my commitment to, to sustaining my business. There's a little bit more meat there than just saying, I want to make money. Um, you don't get your real estate license and have money fall from the sky. Uh, that, that really is not how it works. Um, but your goals can also vary. You mean, you may say that you, you've had good experiences in real estate. You have um, experience in affiliated field, um, contracting, investing, um, interior design, and you want to leverage that experience um, to, to help your inner circle out. Um, and maybe you only want to sell four homes a year. That's not going to make you a full-time real estate agent, but you have an articulable goal that you can achieve um, that, that, may that may 
justify getting the real estate license. I'm, you, you don't have to be full-time. You don't have to have um, an incredibly high monetary goal, but having something you can articulate as to why you're doing this is, is really the first step. Mm-hmm. What, what are some other things to consider about why you might, might, why you might want your license? Or to consider like if, when you're deciding whether to get your license. Um, the other thing I'd ask is, will you be able to commit to consistently and sustainably building your real estate business? And by that, I mean, are you going to be able to have real estate be on your mind throughout the year? You'd never want to have, my guidance is you never want to have more than a week go by where you don't do something for your real estate business. Um, and you don't want, um, it, and you don't want to have, you know, more than about a quarter of the year go by without actually um, completing a, a contract. And if you're not willing to have it always be top of mind, you're going to fall behind and get in and start over. So, mm-hmm. you know, a, a bad profile might be a, a school teacher. School teachers can do real estate very well, but if their mindset is, well, I'm going to put away everything that's related to real estate in September. And then come June, I'm going to just reopen my real estate business and I'm just going to do it in the summertime. That doesn't work because it's a relationship building career that requires you to touch base and maintain the relationship. After you know nine months of inactivity, people are going to forget that you're doing it. People are going to, 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 to fall off. So you need to be able to touch base um, at the very least once a week to in order to keep your yourself relevant. And also if you're not willing to to consistently do the work and do the transactions, when it comes time to do it again, a lot of the training and the experience will have faded away and you'll be constantly teaching yourself the basics every time you go to um, open up MLS. Right. It's like going to the gym. If you go regularly, then you don't have to relearn those same exercises that you did eight months ago because you've been doing them every single week since then, even if they're basic push-ups or planks or jumpy jacks or something along that line or curls. You brought up something about, you know, like, hey, I'm going to flip a switch and go do real estate in the summertime. Knowing a lot about sales, you know, sales requires lots of touch points also. You know, we encourage salespeople, you know, that it might take nine times before you get a meeting, let alone a sale. You know, so the people that stopped at the eighth time, you know, whether it's a call or an email or a, a networking event, they're the ones that might not get that meeting, but you might have because you got the ninth one and you added value to that ninth touch point that said, yeah, sure, I want to meet with you. If you are planning to do real estate, like during the off season of whatever your, you know, full-time job is, um, yeah, you're right. You got to touch base with people throughout the on season as well, whether you're just kind of connecting with them or, you know, sending them a listing here or two, sending them an article, just checking in with them, grabbing a cup of coffee, because um, let's just say June 1st, you know, you say, okay, I'm back in you know, anything that you get on a contract, like that same day is probably not going to close for another couple months anyway. And then next thing you know, you're, you know, back in your full-time job. But you're also, you're not going to get anything under contract on that very first day. It's a long-term relationship business. Somebody who you make a connection with as a prospective client today, when you speak with them, they might be working through credit issues. They may not have decided what they want to do. It's a relationship that you may have to maintain um, for, 18 months or nine months or a longer period of time before they actually are ready and find the place and are, you know, are able to look at properties and, and close. And they're not necessarily going to wait for 
your availability when that this, that decision comes. So you, it's it's about being consistent. And sure, somebody is a, has a high season and low season can temper it by joining a team with somebody else, making arrangements for it. But even then, you can't abdicate your career path for for that period of time. You have to, you know, you have to. It has to be at the top of your mind. It has to be on your mind all the time. You know, one one more thing that might be important to think through if you're considering a career in real estate is, are you trainable? Are you Mm -hmm. going to learn? You know, I'd imagine the people that you work with uh, that come aboard that, you know, have the most success are the ones that are willing to listen and willing to, you know, learn what the new systems are, whatever they are. The agents in our office who have had the most level, the highest level of success are clearly the ones that have been willing to learn, willing to engage, willing to uh, avail themselves of the resources that we have so that, you know, what, what we taught them in 2021, we don't teach again in 2022. Instead, you're, you're building, you're learning more advanced things in 2022. And from there, you'll have more advanced things coming along in 23. Uh, those are that if you're willing to grow, then you're willing to build a business. Um, so, you know, yeah. What are your goals? Are you able to work consistently toward them? And are you willing to learn and grow? If you answer yes to all of those, then real estate may very well be a good career path for you or a good co-career path for you. But it's, it's not easy. It's a challenge, but it can be very rewarding. Here I said we weren't going to talk too long for a very quick episode, and we're almost forty minutes in already. So, uh, why don't we? Uh, we'll we'll start to wrap it up and figure out. You know, what's the bottom line here, Rory? The bottom line is if you're um, if you're interested in getting your real estate license, I encourage you to do it. I can have a conversation with you to see if it's um, something that you're you know that is a good fit for you, and I'll be pretty candid with it too. But Think about the things that we went over um, in this episode, some of the reasons why you should get it, some of the reasons you might want to reconsider, but most importantly, ask yourself, you know, what do you want to do in real estate and are you willing to put in the, the work and the growth that, right. that it takes to build a business? And then, you know, we'll, we'll have to do another episode about the different kind of complexion of different offices, uh, you know, because there's a lot of different brokerages out there. Um, and, you know, fit is very important when you're going to work somewhere. Uh, there are probably some people that would be that are great real estate agents who are probably not the right fit for you at Next Home. Um, and there are probably some people that, you know, will just sign up with the first agency that they see. And then, you know, they regret it because they see that whatever reason uh, the fit is not there. If it's a inter office, uh, you know, relationship issue, if it's a lack of learning, if it's a lack of support, whatever. So, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that in another episode. Cause this is all about, you know, should you get your license or not, you know, but another good topic would be like, how do I know what kind of brokerage I should join? So why don't yep. we stick a pin in that one? Yep. So we'll likely see, hear that in a few months, but, um, Yeah. Thank you everybody for listening to us today um, and hearing my thoughts about whether you should get a real estate license. Yeah. I mean, very valuable. You are a broker here in Massachusetts. Uh, You've been doing this for quite some time. So, you know, I think that you're very well versed to talk about that, this topic. So thank you for listening to the Real Estate Law Podcast. This is another great episode um, and we strongly encourage you guys to to subscribe to this uh, if you're listening on you know iTunes or Google Play or Spotify. If you're watching on YouTube, thank you so much. Uh, you could drop a comment or give us a thumbs up 
for mm. subscribe to the channel because that will certainly help get this in front of more people. Uh, and that's how the YouTube algorithm really distributes our content even more. The more engagement we get, uh, the more people get to get to see this and we keep it all free. So thanks once again, Rory. Uh, we really appreciate your involvement here. How can people find you if they want to talk to you about a career in real estate, getting your license, or maybe even joining Next Home Titletown Real Estate in Boston? Take a look at our website. We're easy to find at nexthometitletown.com. And as always, you can check out my law practice at urbanvillagelegal.com. And if for some reason you want to get a hold of me, um, I have an email address as well, jason at nexthometitletown.com, and I do check it. Let's call it an episode. Thank you, Rory. Thanks for all your time today. All right. Thank you, and see everybody next time. Yep. We'll see you next time. Bye. This has been the Real Estate Law Podcast, because real estate is more than just pretty pictures, and law goes well beyond the paperwork and courtroom arguments. We're powered by Next Home Titletown. Greater Boston's progressive real estate brokerage. More at nexthometitletown.com. And Urban Village Legal, Massachusetts Real Estate Council, serving savvy property owners, lenders, and investors. More at urbanvillagelegal.com. Today's conversation was not legal advice, but we hope you found it entertaining and informative. Discover more at realestatelawpodcast.com. Thank you for listening.